these boot camps give people a real sense of like the physical infrastructure that makes the internet work. And then it's not scary or intimidating. Right. It actually makes sense. You We're, don't need a PhD to yeah. figure it out. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. From the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, and for the first time ever, from a diner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here in Los Angeles with Sean. That's right. Masto Sean. M- Masto Sean is what they call me. Sean, the boot camp master. <laughs> <laughs> okay, after two, I'll take it. We just had a, we just had a fun week with uh, a lot of events and didn't have time to record a show because, Sean, were you busy this week? No, not at all. Did you have a moment to think? (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. We were just running a couple of uh, of events to help people have a better sense of how broadband works and whatnot. And uh, and so we wanted to reflect on that briefly. It's going to be a short show. So, Sean, uh, you want to do a quick recap of what we did this week? It was was the sixth Tribal Broadband Boot Camp? That's right. Right? Number six. Uh, My first. Technically... It was number five. Okay. Because the first one was number zero. Got it. Got it. So <laughs> you follow the math. So I, so I went to the sixth, which was actually the fifth, which was actually my first. <laughs> at Gila River. At, at Gila River. At the uh, best hotel we've ever stayed at possibly. Oh, for sure. For sure. But it was, um, we were, it was, it, it's a three day. Uh, and I think it was the most that we've, that we've had. It, it was the largest. Right? Yeah. In the neighborhood of like about 65. Yep. And uh, there were a number of folks from, you know, different tribal nations that were there. For me, I'm just going to go right to the part that I thought was what left the biggest impression on me was just the um, the attitude of we've got to figure this out. And even though this stuff can be challenging and difficult, we're going to push forward and do it anyway. And it was also eye opening to see how far along some tribal nations have gotten we should also say of course that you know tribal communities are among the least least connected communities in the country yeah. uh but the gila river community they run their own telecom operation yeah they're one of the they're one of the older ones uh they had bought it from uh the company that eventually became u.s west it might have been u.s west at the time which became quest century link now lumen but they had bought it i think it's like 26 years ago or something like that mm. And, and now they're in the process of, I think they're pretty close to building out fiber to the home. And uh, they're almost done building it out. Right, yeah. on, on the reservation. And then the, and then within the, and it's called GRTI, that stands yeah. for? Gila River Telecom Incorporated. And there's a couple of subsidiaries in within GRTI, and one of which is a, a company where they're actually even building out connections outside of yes. the, uh, the, 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 the reservation. Yeah, so, that's Alluvion. Yeah. And... We had so many great people from GRTI that came and helped out with training, that supported us, that uh, delivered really great background, uh, like uh, Rachel, their, their security expert. Uh, that was, it was fantastic. They had um, a guy from Alluvion brought uh, their truck, mm-hmm. their splicing truck, so we got to see that and how they lay it out. Uh, it, was, it was terrific to have that level of support. Right, and I think, you know, one of the things that makes these work uh, so well is that I mean, obviously, there's there's talking and people, you know, kind of laying the table, you and others that are there. But there's a lot of interaction, the stations that they were there, the, you know. The first night, we have a dinner and introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, then the first day, uh, that's sort of like, we think of it as like day zero. Right. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> and then we have the first day, 
and we do crimping, uh, uh, RJ45, so like Ethernet cords, uh, in order to just get people talking to each other and working with their hands a little bit and building something. And, uh, and then we do some digital equity. Then we have a great lunch. Oh, we also had a great breakfast. Really cool breakfast. It's all catered by a, a woman who um, has a new catering business, so we are able to support her on the um, in the in the reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so then we had lunch from different vendors each each day, basically. And then we we ate a lot and we ate good. Yeah, we mm-hmm. ate a lot. And mm-hmm. We ate good. Um, and then in the afternoon, uh, we talked about fiber. We talked about fiber and planning and stuff like that, and like the basics of that. And then I don't remember what else we did. We did that for a while. We did, and then it was, he, it was too much talking. Like I like doing small groups and breakouts. True, and there were, but there, well, there were small groups and breakouts. And one thing that I think um, that that one thing that I think is a good element of, of the broadband boot camp is the is the uh, presence of uh, National Digital Inclusion Alliance folks. Um, yeah. You know, where most of the boot camp obviously focuses on building networks and operating networks. Um, it is important to you know um, include the, the the other A's so to speak you know that you know beyond access you know things around adoption and and digital skills training and 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 meeting people where where, where they are in terms of even when the infrastructure is there even when services are there how to best utilize them how to uh, you know educate communities around that so I thought that was that that was good and I think some of the activities that they provided were, were you know folks had fun with that yep yes so. Uh, then every day we do what we call tribal broadband case study where we're digging into, in that case, GRTI to help people understand what a tribe has done to build a network or what they're planning to do. Uh, so that was most of the first day. The second day we did some more digital equity with Abby and DeVita who they just do a great job every time. They do. They're uh, a good pair. So that was terrific. And then uh, for Tuesday, which a lot of times people haven't really thought about it in this in-depth way of all these different challenges of why different people aren't using it. Um, so one of the things we always hear in our surveys is that people really love that. Uh, but then we went and talk, started talking about operations and operations challenges and things like that, which is a big focus of this event. We didn't do much wireless at this event. Mm-hmm. And then we had uh, we had lunch, and then that's when the, the fun really started. Uh, and I'll say that, to, you know, like in the sense that, like, this is a boot camp and the idea that we want people to be out doing stuff, touching stuff, you know, and so we had the fiber stations. Right. You know, for like all of the, the importance of digital equity and operations, it is hard to like use your hands with that stuff. And this is a boot camp. Right. So, so we got out, we did fiber stations. We had four of them. One was touring of the truck and getting a sense of how the truck works. One was getting a sense of, uh, of some of the products at the home and how that technology works at the end of the network. Right. With Calix, um, had, had, a, had a person who worked at Gila River for a long time. That's right. And he came and, and helped us understand that. Uh, there was a station on fiber splicing. Right. You know, fusion fiber splicing. Uh, and then we had uh, the station uh, with, uh, with uh, the splicing was with Mark, with, with Mike and Nick. Uh, from Merit. Did the, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, from, from the Merit Network. Uh, he did a station on OTDR and other tools and how to clean the tools and keep the fiber clean. Right, checking for faults in the fiber and what have you, yeah. Yeah, and so those four things were, people really enjoyed it. So he had what's called a launch box, which is five kilometers of fiber in a little bo- lunch box. Right, and <laughs> well, so, you call it the lunch box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a launch box, but it's like a lunch box. Mm-hmm. Five kilometers of fiber in it, wild. And, uh, and that gives you, you can test out the OTDR. And uh, which is something that just tells you where the faults are or like uh, problems with the fiber. Right. So anyway, those are four things. And it's like every every like ten minutes, 
every no, it was like every sixteen or seventeen minutes, people would rotate to a different station. Right. So we had four groups. Which probably for some of the stations might not have been long enough. Like I was at the fiber splicing station, which which to me was the most interesting to see how fiber gets spliced. And what I thought was cool too was that there were a number of folks in the group that had first of all had never seen it mm-hmm. and had obviously had never done it and then jumped right in there and and, and did it and, yep. and one woman that was there um, actually uh, spliced the fiber according to the machine a little bit better than uh, than Mike so oh, that really? was, yeah so that was, that, that was yeah so she took a bow for that that was that, that was cool and I think you know which which reminds me that you know when folks were reflecting on the entirety of it they were because there were a number of people there that worked in administ- you know sort of in operations or in administrative uh, or in customer service at, at the tribal's telecom and and so for the first time you know kind of got a real appreciation of, of what was going on out in the field um, and and kind of what went into you know fixing things when things went wrong or, right. or, or building things and so and I think overall I think a lot of folks although I think the survey they you know like People really liked the the, the the that was like their favorite part, and it was also not their favorite part. Yeah, so we do surveys to get a sense of how the different parts of the day go, and uh, the fiber splicing stations got the most votes as the most productive part, and also the most votes for the least productive part, which is kind of an interesting split. Um, so uh, it was an interesting one, but this is one of the things that I thought is important. People don't always appreciate. We're bringing in people. Uh, some of whom have a lot of technical skills, some of whom don't. Some people are said day one of the job, some people is day 20. And one of the things we want to accomplish is having people see other aspects of it than, than what they would normally do, right? right? So some people are just like, I just want to work on outside plant. I want to be outside in a truck. I want to go around. I want to build stuff. I want to fix things. Right. I don't care about how to get an elder online. Right. But we're like, yeah, well, you should know. Right. You should know about this stuff. Right. And someone who's in on the phones, uh, it would help if they have a sense of what you're going into in the field. Yes. And just what, what, what are they actually even doing out there? Yes. Another aspect of it all is... The networking, and I don't mean that in the physical sense, but in in, in the in the sense that you know you, we, you know there were folks there from Hoopa Valley, there were folks there from Navajo Nation, there were some uh, folks from different pueblos in uh, uh, New Mexico, Alaska, different people in different tribal nations coming together, meeting each other in most instances I think for the first time and just being able to sort of exchange information and like there was a phrase that Matt used in there which is like I've made like tons of mistakes and we yeah. should build on those mistakes and right. so it's a mountain I, of mistakes a mountain of mistakes and I thought that's, that that was a really good thing so it's not just about here you know here's what to do or how to do things it was it was it, it was just as valuable if not more valuable to share challenges that people were facing or experiences they had or mistakes that they made uh, you know that they can share um, to, to avoid that some of which aren't even public. You know, like some right. of this stuff is like we're, we're talking candidly with yeah. each other and yeah. like it's not meant to be yep. shared widely. Yeah. So we did uh, So we did that and then we, we were really lucky that the federal program officer yep. for Arizona, NTIA, NTIA. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nicole was there and she was great. So she was helping answer questions and talking about what is going on uh, with uh, the different programs and had some great discussions with her throughout it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Wednesday, the final day, we got together... And uh, we did more operations. We did some NTIA stuff. We with Nicole to finish up additional questions there. We talked about security, and uh, and that was I think eye opening for some people. That also was another one where a lot of people were like best, and a few people were like eh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but like so it's sort of like, what should you do? Right. What are you probably gonna do for real? Right. Like, like, and like the thing. One of the things that I took away was like, she was just 
terrific. She's like, it's not if you're going to get hacked. It's when. It's what you do when you're going to get hacked. Yeah, it's when and what you do at that point. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to happen. Yes. That's the nature of, of where we are at mm -hmm. this point. Mm -hmm. so, so anyway, that was, it was great. It was inspiring. And, um, and I mean, one of the things that I always love is when I see people step up. And one of the women who had not ever spliced before, she, uh, someone who had been working for a long time at the Hona Atom, and uh, she uh, hadn't really done technical things before. But um, on the third day, when Nick had to take a call, and there was a, a break, and people wanted to splice, she started teaching them. And she had one day of experience, and right. she just got up there and started teaching them. Right. And I love that so much when I see that happen, right? Yeah. Like, and, uh, and so I just, I'm, I'm so excited at these events, and it was the largest one yet. Uh, it was so well supported by the people uh, there working, um, working for the tribe at District 4 at the service center. And um, and it was great. And I think there was talk about doing more. Um, I mean, I, I would love to do one uh, with Hopi Telecom, another one of the older telecoms that's finding its way now. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it seemed like they were enthusiastic about that. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, I mean, there's just so many great people that are doing really cool things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, I, I showed you, I think, one of the survey results. I just loved it so much. Like, there is there's one that I showed you, but there was multiple people who were like, I didn't think this event would be for me. Mm. You know, like, I think sometimes these are people who are told by their bosses that they're coming. Right, yeah. <laughs> They were voluntold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and they were like, I, I thought it would just be awkward, and I wouldn't fit in. And they were like, and this was great. Like, I really learned a lot. I, I met people. Like, I just felt really welcomed. That's so exciting when I hear that from people. Like, I know that that's good. And then the other thing was, and we've heard this from several people, who are like, I thought it was going to be like a conference. I thought I had my laptop. I sneak away a bunch of times, but like I didn't even think about anything else. Right. Like I was just—I mean, I was folks, folks were super engaged. Um, which, you know, when you're talking about you know technology that uh, you know many people find you know mystical or, or 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 you know at least in their brains it's too complicated. And to see folks engage like that, and I think that's actually one of the values of these boot camps too, is that it does demystify. Mm -hmm. I think in, in in kind of you know eases some of the anxiety that some people have around dealing with, you know, feeling like, ah, I don't know enough about technology. And, mm -hmm. and so I think that's another uh, real value that these things have. So let's fast forward then. So Wednesday, we wrap up. Yep. We go and get some, we had some great food. Yep. And then we uh, got up super early. Super early. <laughs> Flew on separate planes yep. to L.A. And somehow I beat you to L.A. even yeah. though you took off sooner than yeah. I did. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, know if your plane was flapping the wings. It's because I was on it. I weighed it down. Okay. <laughs> so so we get here, we collect, and then we, we get to the next event, which is a Digital Equity Summit yes. in L.A. organized by uh, by the Digital Equity Coalition, CCF. We talked talk with Shayna in the past about this. Mm -hmm. That was great. Uh, I don't want to spend a ton of time rehashing it. You're going to write a story about it. That's that right. Maybe we'll get posted before the show. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> right. But, like, what's remarkable is, and people should check out this story that Sean's going to, it's going to be a headline story on muninetworks.org uh, about this. But the CPUC, yes. the regulatory body of California, developed these maps of priority areas for broadband. And they are not good. That's an understatement. The maps are bizarre in that they highlight the most wealthy neighborhoods in Los Angeles County as a priority and and put a low priority on connecting some of the highest poverty areas that don't even have good connections. Right. right. I mean, we talked about this in relation to Baltimore. Right. Where, you know, Comcast serves every address, they say, more or less. 
and yet tons of people don't have connections. And we know that that's the case. Here, it's, it's, it seems like there's actually areas where like Charter isn't even claiming to offer service, and they're still not labeled as a priority for the CPUC. Right. It looks to me like it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't look to me like the CPUC is like we don't value that. It looks to me like literally something went wrong in the process. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, hats off to the two data crunchers that came from the CPUC to sit there and kind of, you know, have to kind of take the brunt of folks being, you know. Those were Michael and Michael, uh, who one of whom is an advisor to the uh, the chair of the commission, uh, and so um, they've been around for a long time. I think you know they're representing the commission, and so uh, they mostly were able to listen to that and explain the position. But I, I guess I don't want to get lost in this, but right. like it's just something people should be aware of and check out. Is for that sure, there's this question of what what, what areas are going to be prioritized, and uh, it is not reflective of what I think a normal person would think of as a need to right. what we should be prioritizing. So I think we're all hoping that the CPUC will will reconsider those maps and come out with something that is not only more accurate according to a normal person, but I think in fitting with the statute, mm-hmm. which which looks which asks them to consider issues like poverty. Right. You know, and w- w- one aspect of the summit, though, that I thought was really uh, was, was really cool is that most of it wasn't about, you know, things that were wrong. And certainly you know, those maps need to be addressed and, and, and reflect reality, um, which they don't currently do too good of a job. But they were also celebrating, you know, different victories, um, including, you know, L.A. County right now is really starting to build out in certain areas and uh, underserved and unserved areas uh, within some of these, you know, neighborhoods in Los Angeles, um, where we are now, by the way, we're in like a diner that looks like a scene out of Pulp Fiction. But there was just a there there was just a lot of energy around what can be done, and it was it was it was great to see so many city officials, county officials, uh, digital equity advocates in various coalitions coming together and having and, and, and sort of you know wanting to really really have already built some momentum and and working with both the county and the city and figuring out what kind of assets they have and, and how to move forward. And, and, that, and I think they all have a sense of, we can do this. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, there's all these sort of difficulties that we're running up against, but this is something that isn't too big of a job. It's something mm-hmm. that, that can be done. Um, and so to me, that was also inspiring. There's a lot more to be said, but we're going to leave it there to get to the, the today, today's event, which was the first... Um, what we think of as urban, but they don't have to be urban, but this happens to be Los Angeles, a digital equity boot camp yep. in which we uh, brought together people uh, and we did it with, I mean, we did it, like Shana uh, was able to uh, get a lot of people to mm-hmm. come in. We had about 30 people, I think is what I counted. Yep. And uh, hosted at the Bureau of Street Lighting, which is really doing great work, great agency in Los Angeles, uh, the city of Los Angeles. So like this was a, an event that was hosted in the city of Los Angeles the Bureau of Street Lighting, which is for the city, but a lot of people that came were interested in the county of Los Angeles being right. fixed up. And then it was also uh, supported by uh, by Michelson 20MM, uh, and they have some just terrific program officers, uh, one of whom is trying very hard not to laugh here. Um, but Michelson 20MM uh, was uh, one of the first supporters of the Tribal Broadband Boot Camp and, uh, and made this one possible also. Uh, supporting this digital equity boot camp and uh, and we're super thankful uh, for the support and for attending um, but uh, it's it, I mean, that, that's one of the reasons why we see stuff happening here that's right is because of funders like CCF and Michelson 20mm I think focusing on 
smart strategies, long-term strategies, not just trying to like, you know, get money out the door to uh, on strategies that might not serve the test, save the test of time. But right, and being on brand, not wanting to necessarily be in the spotlight or, or being out yeah. front on things, yeah. <laughs> because the work is more important, and, and that's that's that, that that's good. No, today was the first technically. Or is this, was it zero no. or 0.5? <laughs> we'll call it one. <laughs> okay, we'll call it one. Okay, it's the first <laughs> urban digital boot camp. And, um, from us. From us. Yeah. Right, exactly. We don't make it sound like we invented these things. <laughs> Nobody ever thought to get people together and help ever. educate them. <laughs> ever. It's never been done before. Inspire people to learn something new in a personal environment. You know, and I certainly learned, you know, I learned just as much as anybody there, just in terms of, you know, the Bureau of Street, street Lighting and it being sort of this department within the Public Works I Department. I think we're going to be doing a show with them. To, yeah. It's, to this, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, so the Department of Street Lighting has conduit, and they're, they're ambitious about using that to make Los Angeles a better place beyond just having great lighting and small cells and things like that for right. AT&T and Verizon and whatnot. They're very proactive and it's exciting. But um, So we did this thing. It were, it's a work in progress. People were great. They had good questions. Uh, I felt like it was a little too luxury, but we still had a bunch of like fiber and conduit right. and devices to show people how things come together. Got to and, see some equipment, some machinery. Oh, yeah. The Bureau of Street Lighting has a, has a horizontal... A boring machine and so uh, they, they were showing us like that how it works after we we showed the video of, of Travis's network in the south in Minneapolis where we have that uh, we have some video of that and uh, people get a sense of how fiber optics work and, right. and some of the business model concerns some of the the challenges how wireless fits in and you know it's a day of people many of whom are, are involved at like a political level or in some level it's not technical and they got to have a day where they could learn a lot about the technical aspects of it. Right. That'll help fill them in for how this stuff all fits together. Right. Which is important because, you know, they're, you know, obviously they're operating in an environment with, you know, juggling a lot of things, dealing with a lot of infrastructure challenges and, and issues within, you know, to say nothing of the politics that, you know, that, that are often involved. So, so it was good. It was, and, and again, I was actually surprised how well-intended, and even with you speaking, I didn't see anybody fall asleep. Yeah, no, I tried. I tried. There were some heavy eyelids, but for choice. Uh, so, yeah, I did a lot of speaking. And, like, it's, like, it's a lot of, I mean, you know, it was, like, there's some PowerPoint, and then there's, like, some of the actual physical stuff, and then we went out, and people could see uh, a vault out on the sidewalk right. where that was an electrical vault. but have a sense of how it works underground. And just giving people a sense of, like, the Internet runs on fiber optics, how the, the data goes from place to place, the different like ways that uh, you can do it, and the answer to everything is it depends uh, yeah. from the costs yep. to the time it'll take to do anything, right. and just giving them a sense of like, all right, if we were going to build a fiber network, these are the things we'd have to think about, right. you know, and uh, everything from like how poles work to underground boring and uh, the business model considerations. The other value I think of these of these boot camps, whether they're tribal boot camps or the urban digital boot camps, is that um, I think it gives people a sense of well. And this was certainly the case for me, like prior to getting into this work. I think with the way a lot of people think about the internet is this thing that's like floating in the air. Right. And I think these boot camps give people a real sense of like the physical infrastructure that makes the internet work. And then it's not scary or intimidating. Right. It actually makes sense. Right. To know... You don't, you don't need a PhD to yeah. figure it out. Right? You need, like, you know, as low as a few hours with some guy that likes to talk. <laughs> a few hours. A few hours. <laughs> I mean, you could get more with more hours. That's true. That's true. 
Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that I think is important to communicate is that, you know, I think a lot of people are feeling like this internet thing is so complicated when AT&T or Comcast or Charter to figure it out. No, like... The internet more or less does its thing. You want to build a network for your area, you connect some people, you got to figure out how to share that with other people, uh, you know, how to share that network and connect to other networks. That's all stuff people can figure out, right? And um, the challenge is how to keep it alive and, and operating, and, and that, gets, that gets difficult. But none of this stuff is, is uh, something that requires uh, like years of study. Uh, you know, you want to have people that have experience with it, but like, you know, there's no degree in like building an internet. <laughs> there's a lot that happened this week. It was a great week of talking with people, and I feel like so. I'm going to be going to San Antonio next week with Deanne, and we're going to do the second uh, digital equity boot camp, and uh, we're going to keep learning lessons. We're going to be. Um, talking with lots of folks over the the year, I hope, and doing more of these, and coming to, and coming to a city near you, I hope. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> I always wanted to say that, <laughs> <laughs> but we do. We wanna we wanna supercharge this, right? There's a lot of people who are trying to do good work. Some of them are new to broadband. Some of them aren't. But I feel like we're in a place where we can share a little bit more knowledge. You know, we're not the best experts, and if someone else is gonna be able to like work with all these folks and do the better, I, I hope they'll step up. I'm not saying I'm the best at this. But like we're trying to do something, and and it seems like it's helping. So that's where we're coming from. That's where we're going. Yes. Excellent. Thank you, Sean. Oh, I love it. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org/broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at muninetworks. Subscribe to this and other podcasts from ILSR, including Building Local Power, Local Energy Rules, and the Composting for Community podcast. You can access them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount keeps us going. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle. Licensed through Creative Commons. This was the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. Thanks for listening.